0: Former Governor Rob Blagojevich is going to be featured in a docu-series chronicling his corruption, conviction, prison sentence, and subsequent presidential commutation. And he joins us now here on the WMAY morning news feed. I'm Greg Bishop at 811. Thank you so much for joining us. And, uh, Rod, thanks for taking time. How are you?
1: I'm great. How are you, Greg? Good morning.
0: Good morning. Yeah. Uh, last time we talked was uh, about your podcast and about uh, state house happenings. And I think at that time, uh, former House Speaker Mike Madigan was, the water was boiling all around him. So we uh, we discussed that a bit. Um, and uh, now we've got this docu-series that's highlighting your corruption, conviction, prison sentence, and then the, uh, the presidential commutation you got from former President Donald Trump. Uh, before we talk a bit about that documentary, if you could explain to people, listening right now, uh, why you've not had any remorse about those corruption convictions?
1: Because I didn't do anything wrong. And and when I think back on the different things I've done throughout my life, uh, the good and the not so good, um, I, I very much believe that my finest hour is the fact that I stood up to the corrupt prosecution against me. What they did to me and to the people of Illinois is hijack a governor twice elected by the people. I broke no laws, crossed no lines. I never took a penny. Nor did they say I did. I was sent to prison for conversations that were initiated by then-President-elect Obama. Now, he didn't do anything wrong. We discussed political deals. But he wanted to make a political deal, and that's what we discussed, and that's all it was. And ultimately, the so-called sale of the Senate seat, which I'm known for, was reversed by the appellate court in July of 2015. They could never uphold that unlawful standard they used against me. So they upheld three fundraising requests where – there was never a quid pro quo, never a promise or an express promise or undertaking. That's what the standard is. They simply moved the line at a second trial. The whole thing was corrupt. And um, the people of Illinois lost out on the governor who wasn't raising their taxes. And as soon as they got rid of me, they did exactly what I said they do. Pat Quinn gave in to Mike Madigan and jacked up the income tax on the people of Illinois by 60%.
0: Let's talk a bit about the uh, uh, relationship um, uh, that you had with Madigan leading up to uh, the, the corruption uh, allegations and, the, and the, uh, then the impeachment and so on. Um, I guess unpack that for listeners, help them understand what that relationship was like. Because he was the, the head of the Democratic Party when you were running for governor. Uh, you get into office and uh, you've explained this on your podcast many times, but uh, you guys didn't see eye to eye.
1: No. Um, Well, Mike Madigan was the big boss man in Illinois politics pretty much for 40 years. Uh, He was the Speaker of the House the first time in 1983 and was that without interruption except for a brief two-year period, 1995 and 1996. And he ran the state of Illinois like a Chicago ward boss. Now, I know about ward bosses. I come from Chicago. I fell in love with a girl whose father was one. And these people control things in a certain way, and uh, madigan ran a system, controlled a system that was really designed about protecting and and serving the interests of all of those in that Springfield establishment, not the people. I'm talking about the lobbyists, the special interests, uh, and and the others, and doing it on the backs of the people of Illinois. and He did it for four decades. That's why Illinois taxpayers pay the highest taxes in in the United States. It's why we pay the second highest property taxes in the United States. It's why we have. More than 2,000 units of government and uh, all kinds of ways where you can nickel and dime people by taking more and more of their money to serve, this, to serve those people who hang around government. Again, not regular, everyday people, lobbyists, the special interests and in those who have an interest in government. And I went up against that, understood Madigan well, and fought him for all that time. And, you know, the first time he talked about impeaching me was when I did something I believe was a very good thing to do, and that was to provide free public transportation, free bus rides to our senior citizens. And to the disabled, helping people after they raised the sales tax on people. So, uh, no, our relationship was an unhealthy one, if you're looking at it from a personal standpoint. And he was, I would say, the biggest obstacle to the stuff that we were able to do for people in Illinois. We could have done so much more if he wasn't there. Having said that, we did the All Kids Program, which gave affordable health care to all the kids. As I said, free public transportation for the elderly. Didn't raise taxes on the people, preschool for all three and four year olds, mammograms and pap smears for uninsured women, um, and several other things. And I found a way to do it without raising taxes and and protecting the people. And Madigan was just the opposite of that. Now let me say one more thing: the difference between me and Madigan and John Collerton and pretty much everybody else who uh, serve in Springfield. I never got rich in that business. They all did. Now, how does a guy like Madigan become a multimillionaire when he's been a state rep his whole life? They do it because they create laws that benefit themselves and their law firms. And again, it's the people who have to pay for that sort of stuff. It's legal because they're the ones who make the rules, but they make the rules that benefit themselves. And as a result, they go there and they get rich and the people get screwed.
0: Rob joins us on the WNAY Morning News feed. Uh, I want to talk a bit about the current trajectory of the state uh, in a moment, but let's talk about this docuseries coming out. It's going to be streaming here soon called Being Blago. I watched the trailer last night, and I... As a, as somebody who follows state politics as closely as I do, uh, and I'm a bit of a news junkie, uh, I'm excited for I don't know why, but this this looks like it's well put together. It's going to be uh, an interesting chronicling of uh, your your life in the uh, later years of your uh, political life. Uh, so, what do you what do you expect people will take away from this?
1: Well, first of all, I haven't seen it. And second, I want to apologize. The dogs are barking. I think it's early for the mailman. They generally peacefully protest the mailman, but they're barking at something. Um, so I haven't seen it. I, like you, I saw the trailer. I spent four months with the two guys that are, made the documentary, uh, Justin Allen and a young man named Matt. Great guys. I really like these guys, and I kind of miss them now that they're, they're done with their work. Um, I just hope it tells the truth of the story as best as they can. Of course, all of the stuff about the the allegations, the two trials, the 8 years in prison, literally 2896 days sheltering in place in prison for politics not for crimes, that of course is going to be in there. But I think they'll they're going to deal with the broader story which was my understanding is it's you know a lot of it's going to have to do with you know what I've been doing since I've been back and I was very fortunate as you know to be given clemency by President Trump, a Republican president who rescued a Democrat governor. No political benefit to President Trump. He just did something he felt was right. And of course, from a personal standpoint, uh, you know, I'll always be grateful to President Trump for his kindness. So I think they had to do, I think a lot of it will have to do with uh, what life's been like for me and my family since we've come back. Now, my wife, Patty, uh, was reluctant to participate in it because she's... She likes to protect our children, understandably so, from media scrutiny. It's been a long, hard road for our children. They were little girls when all of this came down, and and uh, they've grown up since I've come home. You know, after all those years. But so our kids are not in it. But Patty's agreed to. She sat down and did two interviews, kicking and screaming, but she did it because she's loving and dutiful, and you know wanted to be helpful. But I don't know how it's going to end out. I, you know, I've got my fingers crossed that they tell the truth. And I, I believe this is a word that's invoked now, authentic. I think it'll be authentic. They had me running, by the way, because I run. Well, they didn't just and, have uh, you
0: running. You were also seen in a semi-truck. Uh, and so that, that my next question here is, of course, you're doing cameos. There's a listener who shared with me a cameo he got from friends uh, for his birthday, Eric, out there. Uh, so uh, you gave him the suggestion to stay the F out of politics, uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, as I'm sure you do with other cameos. But uh, that that can't be the only way you're making money, right?
1: Well, I do consulting work for that uh, the CDL 1000 company which deals with logistics, which is really an important part of our economy now because of the supply chain crisis that America's facing, moving goods to and from different places around the country, goods that are coming in from places like China uh, and other places. So I'm involved in that, and I, I, I'm a paid consultant with that company. I give paid speeches, uh, which has been very nice, so I can tell different stories and uh, about you know, things that I've experienced, I, I think for better or for worse, my life has not been altogether uneventful. I've, you know, I've experienced what it's like to be on top of a high mountain and what it's like to be buried in a deep, dark valley. And I, I hope that the documentary can can tell how uh, at least some of the story that could be helpful to other people who are going through hard times. Now, there are worse things than going to prison for eight years. Uh, and in my case, I, you know, as I insist, I didn't do anything illegal. Um but there are uh, there are a lot of things that are not as bad as that. That was a bad experience, and those were hard years for my family and for me. But I do believe that um, – I, I believe there's a reason for everything. I believe God has a plan for all of us, and I, I believe that not only what they did to me, what they meant for evil, God meant for good. I do believe that maybe the documentary might show what you do when you get knocked down, that you get up. And the things that help you get up and what you do and what helps you endure and persevere and overcome hardship and difficulty. Because everybody's out there facing it in different ways. Adversity is a given in life. And if the documentary can help people deal with their issues and their hard times and find some inspiration, I'm not claiming that I'm some great inspirational figure. But I do know that while I was there in prison for all those years and all those days, you know, I found real strength not only from the Bible – but I, from history books and seeing what other people did when they faced hard times and remembering everyday people that I met along the way throughout life who've dealt with their hardships heroically. And they, their experiences and their example inspired me to stay strong. And in the final analysis, it comes down to love, and I hope this comes, into the, comes out of the documentary, but love above all things. And if you have love, and I do with my two daughters and my wife, Patty, a real strong love, you can endure anything if you're doing it for something that's bigger than you, like the love that you have for your kids. And so I hope that comes out in the documentary. I haven't seen it, but uh, I do know they covered me for four months and they were part of our lives and, and I have to tell you, I miss those guys.
0: <laughs> well, and they say they got like 50 hours of exclusive footage directly with you. Uh, so we'll be watching that uh, streaming on Hulu, I believe, a little bit later on this week. Being Blago and the subject of that docuseries, Rod Legoyevich with us on the WMAY morning news feed. Um, just a few more issues. Uh, number one, do you still consider yourself a Trumpocrat?
1: Very much so. Yes, of course I do. And I think it, today's Democrat. Yes. Well, it,
0: secondly, ahead. and just running out of time here with you, and I don't want to keep you too long, because okay. I'm sure you got uh, plenty of other things to get to. Um, but uh, when it comes to the the docu series, uh, you know, you, there's a, a clip in the preview where it talks about uh, you know somebody says you should run again, and you say, well, I can't. They barred me, and they said, well, you need to sue them, and you said, uh, you know, stay tuned. Uh what's, what's the latest with that? Are you uh, looking to uh, possibly sue because of that uh, provision that keeps you from running for for? office.
1: Well, I filed a lawsuit in federal court, uh, arguing it was a, the impeachment was unconstitutional because it was predicated on a corrupt, fake crime, which was the so-called sale of the Senate seat and the big lie that the U.S. Attorney Patrick Fitzgerald put out, and the fact that the FBI and those people that did it to me were working with Madigan at that time, and that the fruits of that impeachment were based on a, on a big corrupt lie, and that so-called sale of the Senate seat never happened. Uh, As I said, it was reversed eventually by the appellate court many years later. And had I been given an opportunity to have the FBI tapes played, not the 1% that take out of context, this is effing golden, I'm not giving it up or nothing. They don't show what I say after that. If they allowed the full tapes to be played, my argument is, and I do believe, the public would have seen the whole thing was a hit job by these prosecutors who are out of control, who abuse their power. They're corrupt. I mean there's no difference – when they use an unlawful standard like they did against me and they lie like they did against me, it's no different from a dirty cop who plants a murder weapon to frame an innocent man. That's what these people did. And so uh, my argument is the whole thing that happened after that was uh, the fruit of a poisonous tree, and therefore it should be undone. Now, the irony is, Greg, I can legally run for a seat in the United States Congress, but I can't run for a seat in the Cook County Board of Tax Appeals. I can legally run for… The United States Senate, but I can't run for mayor of Chicago. I can legally run for president of the United States, which I'm not, of course, going to do. But I can't run for alderman of the 33rd ward. So I can run for any federal office, but I'm the only person in the whole state of Illinois who can't run for those state offices because Madigan pushed that. Because Madigan and I were fighting all the time, and this was his opportunity to get rid of me and screw the people of Illinois. That's my contention. So we'll see where, that go, where it goes. I understand it's an uphill battle. I've had nothing but bad luck in that federal court building. But, um, you know, I'm going to keep fighting till the last dog dies.
0: We'll, we'll monitor it closely. Uh, appreciate you taking the time with us here on the WMAY Morning News feed. Rob Lagojevich, finally here. The current trajectory of the state. Uh, what's your assessment as somebody who's uh, been at the very top of Illinois politics and uh, at the very bottom of it as well?
1: <laughs> right. Uh, oh, it's very much going in the wrong direction. And uh, Governor Pritzker, who, you know, again, he... I'm not saying it's illegal, but he literally bought the governor's seat. He spent $170 million of his own money that he inherited from his father and his family uh, to buy a governor's seat. Gave Madigan $7 million and county chairman all over the state of his own money. Now, that stuff, when I use that word, that phrase bought, I'm doing that in a political context. That's, I'm not claiming that that's illegal. But there, it should give rise to people in Illinois to question the way we run – elections these days that only now multi-billionaires who didn't even earn it but inherit it and go out and buy elections as opposed to everyday people supporting candidates and helping them run because what that does it's going to push real people out of the process and real people have a real strength because they understand the struggles of real people a guy like this pritzker who's had family planes and has lived a, a life where he travels all over the world can't understand the struggles of everyday people and that's why he is a big guy who wants to raise taxes on the people of Illinois. There are more than 700 special interest funds that I discovered when I became governor that every year get more and more money in it. Now, I use that money to give health care to kids and not raise taxes on people. But Pritzker and Madigan and all the others protect that special interest money, and they do it again on the backs of the people. So I think we're going in the wrong direction. I think the war against the police is outrageous. It's another reason why I feel like I'm a Democrat my party – I'm an orphan Democrat. The Democrat Party is not the party of President Kennedy or the Democrat Party I was in not too long ago. It's a very different left-wing kind of socialist party with these crazy ideas, defunding the police or abolish the police, recognizing that there's good and bad and everything. But here in Chicago, we've got a crime spree that never stops. And 75 percent of the victims of the shootings are black people, and they don't have any public safety. And it's so disheartening to see what's happening by politicians who are appeasing left-wing activists as opposed to like doing their job which is in government the first duty is to protect the public so no i think we're going in the wrong direction in illinois and uh, there may hopefully be a correction in 2022 i do think i do think the american people are going to vote change in the next election and i think we'll see some of that in virginia today
0: former governor rob lagoyevich uh greatly appreciate you taking the time with us extended here on the WMAY morning news feed let's connect again soon all right
1: Thanks for having me, Gregor. I appreciate you.